Scotty doesn't know that Fiona and me do it in my van every Sunday. She tells him she's in church, but she doesn't go. Still, she's on her knees, and Scotty doesn't know. everybody to fear and loathing in cinema podcast it's september 5th and we are headed to the Vandersex club for this show oh my goodness yes we are we're traveling abroad for fear and loathing it's the start of fall and we're we're, we're taking a trip we want to get out and see the world kind of like the east roads mall it's that small I'm Brian Kluger, and I'm joined by the three travel companions that I would love to travel the world with. Dan Moran, how are you? I'm doing great. I I am excited to talk this one. Uh, I am too. And then we have Chelsea from Miami. What's up? Nothing. This isn't where I parked my car, but I'm still here. <laughs> oh yes. And Preston, what are you up to? Scoozy. Scoozy. <laughs> Me scoozy. We're gonna take that train into the dark tunnel and just hope for the best. Of course, we're talking about that 2004 movie Euro Trip, directed by Jeff Schaefer. Schaefer, written by Alec Berg, Dave Mandel, and Jeff Schaefer, and starring Scott Melkowitz from Dallas, Texas, Jacob Picks, Michelle Trachenberg, Travis Wester, and a whole slew of cameos, including Matt Damon, Fred Armisen, Diedrich Bader, and Arthur Fromer himself. It's going to be so great. Um, Not to mention Lucy Lawless in an amazing Xena Warrior Princess sequel. Uh, I'm so excited about this movie. This I saw this movie, Euro Trip, in college in Kansas and loved every bit of it. Uh let's start with Preston. When did you first see this? Um I was freshman year of high school, so this was definitely the catnip of the day for any teenager. So I saw it in theaters with a group of friends and we loved it and quoted it all the time. It's it's good. What about you, Chelsea? Did you see this when it came out in theaters? Yeah. So I graduated in 2005. So I was a junior when I saw this. Um, I also smoked a lot of weed junior and senior year. Um, so I was very high. And I just remember quoting this all the time after with my friends. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of weedless brownie. <laughs> 
sucked for them. Not for me, though. Not for you. Dan, were you at were you a projectionist at this time? Uh, no, I think I was a regular popcorn sweeper. Yep. Because I would have been in college, freshman or sophomore year of college. So, yeah. Um, but I remember seeing this one and wishing that I did a trip like this. That's all this movie did for me. So I wish that I went around with not a care in the world exploring <laughs> Europe. All right. So we all love this movie, I feel like. We all loved it back in 2004 when we saw it. Coming back to 2023, Euro Trip. Is it as funny as you remember? Because to me, good God, I still laugh as hard as when I first saw it. It, it still rings perfectly for me. Every bit of raunchy humor. I, it, it held up for me. And what's crazy about it is it's not thought of in the comedies the way that it doesn't get as much play, at least in, in my circles, for the 2004 comedies. I mean... I feel like things like Mean Girls or Dodgeball, some of the other, I think, was it Anchorman 2004? Yeah, 2004. Um, right. You know, like White Chicks. Those, I feel like those movies I see more in the memes or the gifs and the jokes and the references than this movie. And this movie is just as funny, if not funnier, than all of those movies. So... Well, it's weird because I think this was like that su the success of Road Trip uh, with Sean William Scott and Breck and Meyer. They wanted to do the same thing, but Euro Trip. Yeah. And I don't know why. Yeah, I, I don't know. But Preston, what, what do you think? Uh, do you think it holds up comedy? Uh, probably for very different reasons. For me, the, the, the most humorous thing about it is watching it next to my wife and her being she oh, said wow. the exact comment that i quoted you guys or uh, sent to you guys uh, via text which was the um about um that this movie like just hates women um so that was it was humorous watching it and having her like roll her eyes the whole time it's like a great revenge movie to watch with somebody uh that you want to uh who gets easily offended and things like that and uh, will question uh, the plot the entire way through, um, which is very, when you start to break it down, this movie and all of what is completely unbelievable, would not happen in our reality whatsoever and how ridiculous the characters are and how like they're a-holes to each other, but yet they'll still do the, the right thing for their friend in the end. Um, and all the ridiculous characters and cultural stereotypes and things like that, that we'll probably get to. Um, it's just humorous to me that this, for, for me, it's just, this movie's daring. Like it just goes some places It really pushes the envelope and I admire the hell out of it for that. Uh, but I do still find quite a bit of it funny. I think the two greatest things are the cameos that are in it. I don't know what that may say success-wise for the film, that the two greatest things to me are the, the cameos, but I, I still think it's uh, a rewarding movie um, overall. Yeah, I, I think it's... A Chelsea, do you agree with Preston that it's offensive to women, that it hates women, or do you um, think the comedy still holds up? So I don't think the movie hates women. I think there are douchebags in the movie that hit like characters that hate women or there's a lot of just, so 
one, I think it holds up. Yes. Two, I think there are some things and you could get away with just like when we were talking about Jennifer's body, 2009, this is 2004 things that you could get away with. Um, not so much now, um, just kind of using these words as pejoratives and yeah, I do think it holds up. It still is kind of like a big nostalgia bomb for me. Um, and it's what kind of, I think all everybody in high school, college wanted when they, uh, took a Euro trip. I think so too. Even even though it was like, I, I think that's like what the goal was to show how fun and maybe easy it could be. It's definitely not like that at all. Uh, I yeah, some some of the word. I mean, say what you will. I guess like we do live in a time now where words hurt people, but like they they use a lot. I mean, they use the word retarded a lot. But like, it's really funny when they use it because it's toward one of the main characters for being like the idiot. Uh, but I think the comedy like still holds up. There's so many great, like very charming moments in Euro Trip that I just love these characters, even when they kind of make themselves look like assholes or idiots. I think there's a certain charm to it. And I don't know why that is like even when the main character Scotty and his little brother, like they have this a really funny relationship, you know, like it seems like they really care about each other, but they give each other a lot of shit. And I really like that. Yeah. Pissed in my bathrobe, man. <laughs> well, it's like, <laughs> why are you wearing my bathrobe? Because somebody pissed all over mine last night. And it's just the way he delivers it. It's, just, it's so good. I um, will say, the thing that I did notice about this like small cast is they're relatively all just newcomers except for like the bigger ones and they played together so well like the the humor is so good they play off each other so well the comedic timing is amazing and I don't know I've never seen any of them in anything else after this really yeah, I guess the Scotty guy mixed up with Reese from Malcolm in the Middle. I think. <laughs> well, Scott did went on to do Mean Creek and like four or five other movies and some TV shows, but he's not a lot of places. I mean, we all know Michelle Trachenberg is. Uh, they've all done few things. I think Cooper went on to do that Dumb and Dumber prequel, where he was the Jim Carrey. You're getting him mixed up with the the guy who I I get him. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. Eric olson or whatever his name is from fired up yep yep there you go got it mixed up either way i like it so this movie has like a 40 percent in rot tomatoes why do you think this bomb when uh when road trip did so well why do you think euro trip failed do you think it was ahead of its time do you think it was too vulgar i think they didn't have the cast i think road trip was the cast was bigger and that brought more people in um hey. Yeah, and I think that really is all it comes down to as far it's recognizability. Like back when Road Trip came out, like DJ Qualms was was big. <laughs> like he was a thing, you know what I mean? And so was yeah. everyone else in there. Yeah, so was Breckin Myron, Sean Williams, and Tom Green. Uh, yeah. But the, bo both movies, Road Trip and Your Trip, are the same movie. Like one is about going to see a girl across, you know, a, lo a large vast of space uh, with friends. What one just goes to Europe, the other stays in the U.S. But yeah. like, yeah, I agree. But one has the star power and one doesn't. Yeah. So I think that's all the draw. That's the only difference. I think if they had one or two more 
recognizable people in Euro Trip, I think it would have made more money. Yeah. Any of y'all watched the trailer before this? I didn't. I didn't. So I'm just curious, like how they were marketing it at the time, because I, I vaguely remember the appeal of Road Trip was just all the outrageous comedy that was in it, in addition to what Dan's talking about, like seeing someone like Sean William Scott in it right after the American Pie films. There you go. All right. Yeah, that might be the case. I something about this. I, I remember I remember seeing the trailer back then. I don't remember what it was like now, but I I, I'm trying to think if I like this better than Road Trip. I don't know. I think yeah, it, I no. think it's, it's funnier. Chelsea, what do you think? What do you think? Why why do you think this bombed? Do you think it's the star power only, or do you think just people didn't gravitate towards the comedy? I so I'm gonna agree with with Preston and Dan and say that it was probably the star star power just because when I think of road trip, I think of like Sean William Scott, I think of DJ Qualls just being like the very weird skinny kid that you could immediately notice. Like, and when he popped up in anything, you knew, you knew it was going to be funny. Um, I don't, I don't really know other than kind of the, the stacked cast that road trip had that this didn't, this had pretty much, um, you know, all newcomers, even Michelle Trachtenberg was, um, she was young here too. Yeah, this was like right after Buffy ended. That yeah. Yes, did. it was. So what was the could could we consider like the the appetite changing at the time? Just because I feel like we had a lot of the this resurgence. Well, I don't know. Did Van Wilder do okay? I think that came out a year after. So I don't know if like a lot of these national lampoon american pie type of uh young comedies that are teen comedies college comedies that a lot of high schoolers snuck into uh go see like did did a lot of that change i don't know so van wilder came out in 2002 two years prior to this and it it was on a five million dollar budget and it made 38 even though a lot of people i mean but this was the kind of start of ryan reynolds and cal penn yeah. And Tara yeah. Reed for the most part. But, when did a lot of the sequels that went to straight to DVD start coming out? When you had like Road Trip, like Beer Pong and things like that. Was that like after all this too? Yeah, I think it was closer to like 08, 09 in that mm -hmm. range. Because this was like a, they would make anything around this time. I mean, yeah, the, ri was... the Rise of Taj was 2006, Van Wilder 2. Okay. If you look at some of the movies from 03 to 05, some of the comedies that came out, they just, these movies don't exist anymore. No. These kinds yeah, of I feel like the last one was like Sex Drive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Van the Sex still, Drive. What was that? That was like 12 or 13 years ago. At this that was like point. 2008. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So it's, it's an interesting. So you have this movie, Euro Trip. You have this company one. It's like, okay, Road Trip did so well. Let's do Euro Trip. Who do we get to make it? And they landed on Alec Berg, David Mandel, and Jeff Schaefer, who are the people responsible for Seinfeld. Like these are the producers and writers of Seinfeld. Even Jeff Schaefer is credited as creating Festivus. Like he's the one that had the idea for Festivus. And do you think like these right these writers in the writer room of Seinfeld wanted to come together again and like make a very raunchy 
movie like they couldn't do on Seinfeld, like all the kind of like funny, weird etiquette things that they would do in Seinfeld, which was what Seinfeld was, all these little life's moments and etiquette. Put that in Americans to Europe, the, the etiquette wise. Do you think like, do you see that correlation there? Maybe they were feeling nostalgic about their youth and wanted to yeah. get back into that. Uh, or maybe they had people, I don't, how old are they? Like, did they have any kids around uh, that age at the time? And like, maybe they were trying to get in touch with. So Jeff Schaefer was born in 1970. So at the time, yeah. So he, he, he was like 33 at the time. So I don't know if he had kids or not. So probably six year old, maybe around me. Well, maybe um, they just wanted to get away from the like, I, I don't, yeah, just write a, a raunchy teen, teen comedy, like young adult comedy when, because I, Seinfeld is mostly like adult neuroses, like yeah. comedy. Yeah, but there's, there's more discipline in place for that. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, well, you have like high school kids who really just want to get laid for the most part, or, you know, that's kind of what a lot of this movie is. <laughs> or maybe they saw the success of something like American Pie and Van Wilder and they're like, let's let's do our own college try at this. I, I think it's more, I mean, I know Jeff Schaefer directed and everything, but this feels more, the other writers on it were Alec Berg, who does Barry. That's what he's famous for now, essentially. Uh, Barry and he did a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm like directing that sort of stuff and that's what a lot of the setups feel like in this entire thing he did Silicon Valley um and David Mandel was the showrunner for Veep for a while mm -hmm. so it's like those I know Jeff Schaefer has a big deal because he came up with you know he Seinfeld and he directed this and obviously super talented but I feel like Veep and Curb Your Enthusiasm feels a little bit more where they were heading on this one. Um, so I don't know how much how much more impact like Alec Berg and David Mandel had on it. But obviously Jeff Schaefer wrote on Seinfeld, so he knew Larry David pretty well. But I feel like that's what all this movie is, is just different setups for a Curb Your Enthusiasm that never happened. That's so has anybody traveled Europe here in this in the show? Backpack uh, Europe? No. I mean, I haven't backpacked, but I've been to Europe. Okay, so is this is this a true story? Is Euro Trip a true story? Did you get when I, you went to London? You you saw like soccer hooligans and <laughs> every place no. is accurate. So when I went to, I went on a, I I went to a very like bougie private high school. So that was our that was our senior trip. We went to Germany, mm -hmm. Italy, and Austria. And so, um, Hitler special. Yeah, it really. I we, we literally went to Dachau. They took us. It was it was terrible. What anyway. kind of bougie school was this? <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you after. Happy graduation. Um, we went to the Eagles Nest for a week. You know. <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell you after, but I um no I. I remember wanting to do things like that when I went over here and we had a lot of like Italian men come up to us and be like, do you want to go to the disco? And, you know, we're like freshly 18 and like drinking over in Europe. 
but we're like too scared because we're thinking it's going to be like a hostile type situation. So, <laughs> so you I went think, hostile with it and not Euro trip. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think my, my just, aunt, aunt, my meter went off just no. <laughs> so no, I didn't have any crazy uh, Euro trip. I would, I wish I would have if I had not been with my school. I fully agree with Chelsea though. If I were going to put a hierarchy of things that I think would happen to me on a European vacation, it definitely leans more hostile than your trip. <laughs> I definitely am going to get too drunk somewhere and pulled in and like beaten or hurt. Then, then I had a great time. And Fred, you're going to come home leg. with one less kidney. Yeah, you're going to wake up in a in in a bathtub, and it, you know it's just not going to be good for anybody. Oh, oh my God! Europeans think that we're all Texas Chainsaw Massacre here. So <laughs> it's true. All right, all right. So, so talking about cameos, we got to talk about one of our favorite cameos, maybe in life. Uh, so at the beginning of the movie, the main character is broken up on his graduation day from high school from his girlfriend. He goes to the graduation party with all of his friends at school, and there's a band there. Lustra is the band, but who gets up and sings the hard rock song? It's Matt Damon. How did Matt Damon end up in Eurotrip? How? How did this happen? Do you know? I know. I know. Okay. Tell enlighten. Well, no, I saw that he was he was filming the Brothers Grimm, and basically everybody was uh they didn't want anybody who wasn't in in like Prague. And he was there, but and basically he was available for filming for like what, like one day. Yeah. And so he did. Um, he did a cameo. He did. He did. Uh, so they filmed this entire movie Euro Trip across spanning countries, but they only filmed everything in Prague. Everything was shot in Prague. Every like landmark was CGI'd. Um, yeah. And I, do you imagine it's like, oh, my God, Matt Damon's, you know, staying in the hotel next to us. You know what? Let's just go get him and see if he wants to be this character in this movie. <laughs> I saw that he he was wearing a wig for Brothers Grimm. And so he agreed to shave his head for this. And so that's not a bald cap. That's that's him just bald. I mean, OK, thoughts on Matt Damon. I mean, does that raise your like your love for Matt Damon for doing this? Like, it, absolutely for me. Like, it's so amazing yeah. that he did this. He is one of the stars in our world that will actually kind of poke fun at himself or doesn't seem to take himself too seriously, where most cameos, it's like, oh, this is so amazing. Look at he came in and did one role and what a powerful thing. Matt Damon will just come in and be like in uh, even if something as dumb as isn't it Deadpool 2? Where he's just there in a in a fat suit with a fake accent, and he's like uncredited, and like you have to be told about it afterwards. But he has a whole well, scene. Build. Yeah, it's. I mean, he just doesn't care and has fun. Or his probably his most famous one, other than this one, where he just pops in in Interstellar and is a complete piece of shit. You're like, <laughs> oh yeah, Matt Damon. Matt Damon is the hero. He must be great. He is blah 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 blah. And then he shows up in Interstellar and is a villain. Like he just doesn't care. Oh, and in what in like the Thor movies as well, just Ragnarok, yeah, yeah, yeah just randomly because he was Loki. 
Yeah. yeah. My favorite <laughs> outside of this, my favorite cameo that he's done is in an episode of Entourage, which, which is what he's doing exactly what Dan said. He's poking fun at his himself. He's trying. He's trying to collect. Uh, he's playing himself, and he's calling uh, Vince, uh, Adrian Grenier's character, and is trying to collect money for a charity. And he keeps like hounding him. He's like, "When you send in the money, Vince, send the check." And then he just gets absolutely hysterical by the end. Yeah. He, that's why I put in the notes, like, I think he's like the king, one of the kings of cameos. I mean, you, yeah, we can even do, he's been had that running thing with Jimmy Kimmel for what, like 25 oh, yeah. years now? Yeah. And he is always the butt of the joke. He is always the problem. He'll be make himself to be an asshole, make himself be annoying. He'll make fun of his own movies coming out. Like the guy just he doesn't yeah. seem to have an ego, which makes me think that he's an actual like great guy in real life because you don't see that a lot. No, you don't. No, you don't. I love it. So going on with other cameos, there's so many great cameos in this movie. And I love that uh, Pete characters and actors from the movie Snatch end up in Eurotrip because yeah. there's multiple of them. Because like Vinnie Jones was very popular in the early 2000s. He was like everywhere. Yeah, there's that that guy from Boris Broadway. the Blade. Uh, Boris the Blade, Boris the Bullet Dodger. You you couldn't make a movie set in England in any capacity without Vinnie Jones. It didn't matter if it was like, it could be a kid's movie with like a talking dog and Vinnie Jones would have to show up and people would have to be scared of him for a moment and then realize he's a sweetheart or he has to be the villain in like the opening scene. It was, it was a law for like five years there. But like that, that scene in the pub when they arrive in England and these two kids that go in and they're just like, oh my God, soccer hooligans. And then they sing nine to five morning train. And it's like pretty good, pretty damn good. And it's just, you love these characters. It's, I mean, it's almost like what they did in Aquaman when uh, Momoa went to the bars and you like think there's going to be a fight. But it's like, no, let's drink. Yeah. It's like, it's very much that. like that. And I love scenes like that. Do you, did y'all like that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I kept oh, wanting yeah, that, to. That song's been stuck in my head. Yeah, Sheena Easton forever. <laughs> he would have been good in a uh, Ted Lasso, Just right? Like intense, oh, yeah. Coach or fan or something. That would have been great. Um, and then also, when we'll get to the Vandersex Club, some of the scenes, but the the cameo still Lucy Lawless, Xena Warrior Princess, as the big dominatrix. It's just. I remember when seeing her in the theater, I was like, oh, my God, yes, this is unbelievably good. What, what do you all, Chelsea, what do you think of Lucy? Lucy Lawless has always been very, like, a badass, though. So seeing her, but seeing her pop up in this was very unexpected. I remember, especially in, like, 2004, I was like, oh, shit, is that Xena? And she, and she was fucking, like... <laughs> I don't know, but I I just I enjoy it. I enjoy her so much, um, and I think she actually really plays into um, the role really well. I do too. And then Jeffrey Tambor out of nowhere as the dad. It's <laughs> just very small part. Very. I mean, this is kind of before he got really popular, but I liked seeing him. And then. Of course, was this the first time anybody really saw Fred Armisen as Miss Goosey, Miss Scoozy? Because like this was pre his SNL run, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. 
in like before he Portlandia and all of that. But I mean, I remember seeing him and just like, oh my goodness, this is this guy's great. Cause like his little part where he had like what three lines maybe, but it was like everybody remembers Miss Scoozy, Miss Scoozy. Yeah, you just say that today and everyone knows what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh what other ones were there is a Diedrich Bader, uh, Diedrich Bader, oh, Diedrich Bader, Bader out of nowhere. Yeah, no, man, no, hell no. <laughs> Channel nine. Uh, <laughs> it just, it's uh, crazy. I, 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 was everybody in Prague at the time? It's like the, 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 the Hollywood celebrities, just like, oh, it's Prague, it's summer, like, let's go out there. I'm sure those are like the pickup shots that they did in alleyways in America or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I just like that there were so many people in this movie, but it never like took away from the movie. I think, I think it still really, uh, it really drove home like the main characters of the film. Um, and I, I still like it for that. So let's go to the characters. Wait. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. We still got we got way more cameos. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Cameos am I missing? Oh my god. Okay. So this one I spotted. This may be just me, but this is a I'm gonna butcher this actor's name, but it's Pedraj Jalak. He plays an Italian guy at the Vatican, but he plays uh uh Igor Kokorov from Goblet of Fire. Um so he's Oh, is that the guy that's like it's the new pope? Yeah, the new pope the guy the new pope. Oh yeah. So there's that guy. Oh, That's you a, would know the Harry Potter references. Of course. Uh, Mindy Sterling is the old woman in the confessional. And how does she oh. not say, Scott? Like in the confessional when yeah. Scott's having sex in there. Yes, yes. I knew she looked familiar. Oh, my goodness. There's so many people in this movie. Kristen Crook yeah. from like Smallville. She's the girlfriend in the beginning. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's also a Nexium for a little little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good okay, okay. So with with the cameos and then the main actors. So Scott Melkowitz. I like Scott Melkowitz. I like that he's from Dallas. We went to the same Jewish um the same Jewish camp. Uh and it's uh, no numbers. Um and we Jeez. In this movie, <laughs> Preston got it. Um, no, got we it. all got it. We just didn't <laughs> laugh. They're like, wait, you're going to just roll on past that? I'm going to roll on. So I like Scott Melkowitz. He plays Scotty. Does he seem very rigid and very not, like not loose in the movie? Like when he's walking around, he's like really like he's not. He's like he's like really tight, you know, like he's it's like. He needs like some oil. He's like he's like the tin. He walks around like the tin man a lot. He needs a little oil in his joints. So he is the loosest when he is the robot. Yeah. He is, which is so weird. And he was giving me like big Zach Braff kind of vibes as the, as the robot. As I was watching it, I was like, wow, this guy could have been like a little a little Zach Braff if if he would have just. If this whole just how comfortable he was with doing kind of like the robot, the mime fight, if that carried over to everything, I just feel yeah. like his performance would have been that much better. Yeah. So he has to be the plot driver the whole yeah. thing, pretty much. Yeah. Agreed. But then 
Let's talk about okay. So Michelle Trachtenberg uh coming off of Buffy into this. This was like, I guess, one of her first big feature film roles that she co-starred in. I think she did great here. I think she had a ball, it seems like. She made out with her brother. She she did. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who have siblings, has that ever happened? Good God, man. <laughs> I have to ask. I don't know. I'm an this, only child. I was gonna say, as 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 an only child, that's disgusting. But I just like how Dan is just muted and going, "Oh no, why?" <laughs> yeah, no. Listen to this, Jesus. No, yeah, no incest in here. <laughs> oh my God! So Michelle was really great, but is. Oh, and then we have to talk. Oh, so before we get to Cooper, I think is the best part, best character. But Travis Wester, um, who uh, plays Jamie, the the brother to uh, Trachenberg in this movie, who's kind of like the nerd who uh, has always the itinerary. Knows, yeah, has the itinerary. He's been in a lot of stuff that I've recognized. Like he was in Six Feet Under. He was in Justified. He was. Uh, He's been in a few things that I've recognized, but he's he plays it perfectly, uh, I yeah. think. Um, you remind me of Squeak from Basketball. <laughs> I hear your mom going out with Squeak. <laughs> I just like his line of like, when he's getting like, <laughs> when he's getting blown in an alley, he's like, you really like cameras. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that always makes me laugh. It is so good. But Cooper, oh my goodness. I feel like the director and the writers all wanted to be Cooper, so they gave him the best lines in the movie. And is Cooper the best character in the movie? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you, th you what, why? Because he's the funniest. He has the best lines. He's hilarious. He has that that Seinfeld S thing, the way that he just kind of comments on things, whether it's either very ridiculous or he's just trying to like I don't know, he has like these expressions to things where he, he doesn't take he the most crazy thing could be happening to him as the Vandersex thing. And he's just kind of goes with the flow the entire way. He does. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. He's the running commentary, and he's the one that's yeah. like a very old soul as a as a you know high school student. He's the reason why Scotty doesn't know is so great and memorable <laughs> outside of the cameo because he keeps it going. He does keep it going, and everybody loves it. And he's he's had such a charm to him. I like to think that I'm as persuasive as cooper in this movie with my friends in life because i know i've had like conversations where you know i'm not going to europe and i'm like look we can go here it's the size of the east roads mall we can walk there and then scotty goes well england's an island and he's like well we'll swim let's go yeah. <laughs> and I, I i've had conversations very similar to this with to no mountain is high enough for him yeah to convince <laughs> people to do things and I love that about him. And like, even like when they're going, they arrive at like the port of Sumir or whatever. And he's like, oh, this is so boring. I'm going to take a nap. And they read out of Fromer's. Oh, it's like uh, where a lot of the women go. He's like, wait, we have to. Why are we sitting down? 
we have to get out and see Europe. And I'm just like, this guy is like the travel companion you want in life. <laughs> yeah, he could convince you to walk across coal. What? That's yeah. And what really makes me laugh about him is he is in Justified um, as a really straight edge um, U.S. Marshal in Kentucky for the entire run of the Justified TV show. He wasn't in the, the most recent little season. They just ended, but he was always in there. So I would always recognize him with his short hair, but that he has that same attitude that he has in this movie, in that show. It'll be like Raylan will do something. He'll be like, well, Raylan, we are breaking the law today. Like that sort of like that's how he was the entire Justified show. He was kind of in there as a little bit of um, commentary or um, comic relief. And so it's funny that that's carried through for what, 20 something years now. Right. Right. I, I love it. I love it. And anything to add on Cooper, Chelsea? Oh, no, I just I I just love Cooper. He was the one I had a big crush on. So. All right. So the question begs, who who wins best actor in this movie? Who wins who wins the best actor award in this movie? I would say him uh, is the most he's the most memorable character. But I think upon watching it again, after knowing that Cooper goes to those levels, I think I was more surprised by Michelle Trachtenberg in it. I think she has a way to kind of just be the punching bag of the group a little bit alongside her brother in the film. But she gets a little bit of the more emotional beats, I would say, throughout. And there's not much or the the dial's not turned up that much at all. But I feel like she carried it uh, pretty well in there. So she's good. All right, Michelle Trachenberg. And Chelsea. Fred Armisen, like. <laughs> best supporting actor right there miss scoozy miss scoozy chelsea what about you what do you think no i i i think the actor that played cooper was uh shining in the brightest for me all right <laughs> what about you dan everybody's already said cooper so i guess i will go with um you can agree nope won't agree nope this is a podcast for fighting the robot man. <laughs> I, th- I, I honestly, I mean, Preston said it, but Fred Armisen does more with his short screen time <laughs> than, than a lot of other people do. <laughs> That's a great little supporting moment that just cracks me up. Um, so he was great. Michelle Trachtenberg, if you had a crush on her from Buffy, was great. Um, but it's it's Cooper. Yeah. It is Cooper. It has to be Cooper. I mean, I like it, Michelle Trachtenberg. I like everybody in it. Yeah, I, I really like uh, after watching it again, even though I've seen Vinnie Jones do that bit in other films, like just seeing the the gag reel that's going on at the end where he's just doing a line rama like he's just right there next to that guy saying whatever the hell he thinks. You fucking it. toss a you. Yeah, yeah then at <laughs> the end great. he's like, I, I'm knackered, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, like he just ran out of stuff. It was great. <laughs> I love that. And I love that they did that, um, that thing. Oh, and in that it, all right. So if we're talking about that end credit with like the thing, they show that little girl pissing, like sitting up. Oh my God. And I remember seeing that that in the theater and everybody was like, wait, what? (laughs) 
that's just genius. Oh my god! And you, I want you got to think like, were they just what was that staged or was that like because that's like an insane thing to see, right? I Man. mean, I feel like it's it fits right into the like Bratislava, like East European, yeah, shit, but. I <laughs> obviously it didn't make the movie. It all well, it did. It made the movie. It's in well, there. In the credits, but... Yeah. Um. So let's let's talk about like little behind the scenes and alternate. So do y'all know there there was like an alternate um, ending to this movie that was written, but they didn't like it. So the alternate ending ended with Scotty and Mika meeting, getting together, but like, um ultimately not getting together they're like oh this is not going to work out but we really like each other we'll keep in touch as pen pals and that's it and they go their separate ways do you think that move do you think this movie would have had like a lasting impression or much more likability if it ended like that i don't think so no no that would have been terrible why would he why would he go over all over europe just i don't know i feel like that's probably more rational in real life but that's not what I want in like a Euro movie. Well, right, because when they first meet, what well, literally when they first meet at the Vatican, the next scene is them fucking in a confessional booth. That's what you want, right? Yeah, especially since the whole movie, you're projecting virginity onto her the whole time. I don't think anybody that's doing that in a confessional is a virgin. <laughs> but no, it's sweet that the movie ends in in a way that's kind of like duplicating what he did but she came over and we didn't get her whole american trip um and i like that it's it just goes there to like oh i get how did, how did you get to be in my same dorm with me i was like i guess they thought i was a guy because i was mike not uh, mika <laughs> oh my god preston i i'm just going back to like I, I feel like I would I would be a virgin and I would love to have sex in a confessional. Oh my god. I had my first time I had sex was on my trundle bed. If I had the option to do it in the Vatican, <laughs> <laughs> that I mean it would I that would be amazing. I feel like we just need to do a confessional with you like all the weird places you've been. <laughs> Could make be. it not weird. I'll to make it not weird, I'll I'll agree with that because I feel like that would be very it's very forbidden. Yeah. It is forbidden, and then but it, and it's like the thing of you've been pen pals or writing or talking with somebody for so long, and then finally meet them in person, and then that's what you got to do. When in Rome, real literally, yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Dan? As our our fellow law. Uh, yeah. Esquire. I want to have sex in the Vatican or your trundle bed. I'm going to pick the Vatican. <laughs> I don't know what's what's on your trundle bed, so I'm going to pick the Vatican. Like um, clean, no, I agree. I agree that yeah, it was it was sweeter. It would be more realistic if they went with the alternate ending. But can I? I mean, I got a hot take. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care how they ended. Like the the quote. This is one of those movies where the journey. I don't care where it ended up. It could have ended up with her turning out to actually be a guy because that's where the comedy <laughs> was going in this. Like it could have, he could have been catfished across Europe. I would have laughed. They could get together. I could have laughed. Her coming to America, the dorm thing, I laughed. Like 
I didn't, it, it could have ended anywhere um, yeah. and still worked for me the whole way through. So, yeah, it's already highly unrealistic that yeah. he would just go to Europe with like $118 okay. and with little information about where they, she may be located. Okay. So I was thinking this the whole time last night, but why does no one have like phones? Only Cooper has the phone. It's 2004. So it's, okay, no, 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 that doesn't. I had a phone before 2004. But a lot of people didn't. I had a prepaid phone. But a lot of people didn't have a phone in 2004. But I feel like it would be, you, and they can't, just buy, you can't just buy a phone. and. But but in the movie, if we're staying true to the narrative of the movie, it did not seem that Mika and um, Scotty exchanged phone numbers. They only contacted each other through email. And back then there was no email on phone. Damn, motherfucker. And then she blocked him. She blocked him. She so yeah, he couldn't get in touch with her. Also, the the phones. There's no way you could have bought like a singular wireless phone in Ohio, and it would work the minute you got off a plane in Europe. Like it just wouldn't happen back then. Well, yeah. much like Cooper, yeah. <laughs> I just feel. I just feel like so many like so many things could have been solved with phones. Is that true, Dan? Like law firms have phones that work anywhere. <laughs> You're you can go anywhere with an iPhone now, but I'm saying back in 04, there's no chance. Like, yeah, you'd have a no satellite chance. phone like Jurassic yeah. Park three. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, it's not the belly of the beast. Yeah, that was, uh, we that should be. You know what? We're gonna do a spinoff podcast. What movies can we ruin if there were phones? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. No, I mean, I, I thought about that too, but I was like, in 2004, I was my first year senior at Kansas and it I remember having I think either like a Sanyo thing that you know didn't you had to like pay for minutes yep or I don't remember if I had a Palm Pilot but either way like that thing's not going to Europe I had to take my phone to Europe like I I called my parents on like your Nokia phone? What's going on? It wasn't Nokia. It was like a Samsung. Like it was like a flip phone. Like I mean, it wasn't for long because it was expensive, but yeah. I'm just I, saying it's possible. I did it. We wouldn't have had the movie, Chelsea, if there were phones in this. Okay, well, I'm just saying. I wonder how many uh, push switches they sold after. Because that was a cool sound. He goes, it's like a switchblade. Well, yeah, that, but also uh, I want to, I, I forgot, I always forget, but I want every time I get an email, mail, motherfucker. Yeah, that's yeah. What I, I love that. Yeah, he had his own, uh, if you pay attention, you, you can see what is, when he, when it pops up that his email has been blocked, you see what his email is. He has his own service. Yeah, <laughs> he does. It's so good. It's so great. Um, so, and also one of the, things i read about the movie that high school graduation party scene at the beginning where they sing sky doesn't know all the kegs at the party were real kegs full of beer and the actors were actually drunk <laughs> during the party scene which was mm, chef's kiss yeah. i like That's how that all extras should be treated i agree i agree 80 bucks plus beer an hour um i do believe there is an amazing scene that was written for this movie that never made it to film uh which was very contra we have to talk about this because this is right up my alley 
Yeah. Um, and frankly, nobody else saw it coming. So uh, let's bring this up. Let's bring this scene up. Yeah, Chelsea, set the stage. Yeah. No, no I don't want to bring it. <laughs> you, 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 I, I feel more comfortable with Brian bringing it up. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, why? It's funny as shit. Okay. You're, you're, just, you're our mm. expert pervert. We okay. All right. So I guess I'm not sure why this was the scene that was axed out of anything else in the movie, but it was written in the screenplay. But I guess there's a point in time where Cooper wants to go to a sex club, which he does, uh, Vandersex, which was written after this scene was uh, nixed by the studio. But this is dubbed the Anne Frank sex scene. And I guess Cooper is trying to look for this Vandersex club and he sees a house with a long line of people and he thinks this is the sex club, but he doesn't want to wait in line. He goes through the back door and goes up to like the secret room where Anne Frank was hiding and he gets in the bed and he sees like a mannequin that would be like Anne Frank and he starts like making out with the mannequin. It's a whole thing. So it's like the Anne Frank sex scene. And I guess the studio was like, everything else in this movie is great, but this. If they added this to it, oh my God, I feel like it would have been great there, because there, there they be have memes about it. <laughs> there would be memes about it and gifts. And so the studio didn't like this thing, this this scene. So they did the Vandersex thing. But I think this is genius because only later in the movie, when Scotty and Cooper go to Mika's house and their dad answers his his her stepbrother who's like seven years old paints a Hitler mustache and does like the Nazi salute and march behind him and Cooper's like dying he's like oh my god look 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 and that scene is so funny because it's so crazy and like only Cooper sees it (laughs) and so I'm not sure would you want to see this scene in the movie like this Anne Frank sex scene yeah, go I mean, for now it. that it's been teased to me, I want to see it. I mean, do, do, do would you find it funny? Like, I would find this hilarious. And okay. I don't think it's, like, offensive because it's so silly. Because, like, you look at the Vandersex and you look at the situations in this movie pertained in this universe, I think you can make it charming and funny as shit because Cooper, ultimately, as smart as he is, he's also an idiot, which is why he's called retarded and people believe believe it but also didn't they say that like it was in the tour guide it was like Anne frank's only living relative was was like an actor in it right right yes i think like Anne frank's only living relative was actually going through the place at the time cooper was doing this in the scene i just want to know what that ask was like this is like yeah yeah, this like who... classic to get other things into the movie. They wrote this, and then so the studio could feel like they we cut it because stuff went too far. But it's not as bad as this scene or that. But scene. it's weird knowing who wrote and directed and produced this movie. This is a Larry David moment, if there ever was one in a move in this movie. This is the Larry David moment. Like he it's would get like, himself in this situation. It's like in Curb Your Enthusiasm, where he gives the kid the. The sewing, the sewing kit. Yeah. And, you know? <laughs> oh, he's gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. 
like I feel like Martin McDonough could write it too. It's got kind oh, of like a Bruges vibe too. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I I would like to see this scene actually filmed and if when it was written script, if everybody was on board making that. Because that is a funny moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think people would be offended by that scene out of any other scene in this movie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure people would. It'd be like taking a dump on the diary. <laughs> dump on the diary. <laughs> would it though? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right. What are the best scenes in the movie to you? We'll start with Matt. I mean, Dan. I was, about to say, <laughs> yeah, I was like, Matt, why where did Matt come in? <laughs> I had like, yeah, Matt Mungo. I had like a hey Norm moment. Um, <laughs> Dan, I think I mean every, we've already talked about the the me skewsy scene. Um, but I definitely think if I'm going to steal another one that I think is hilarious is the robot um, or the entire like robot mime situation. I don't know why still cracks me up. It's so stupid. It's, but I still laughed. Even last night I was laughing at it and it just, it just works for me. The reactions, the crowd, the people in line, the escalation of all of it, just it's so over the top and outlandish and it still just works. It does work. It's so good. I think one of my favorite funniest scenes that I still laugh out loud because I feel like I've done this before to people is when the three friends arrive at the nude beach and they're about they're talking each other up to drop their trowels and they're like one two three. Jamie drops his trowel <laughs> and Cooper goes ah, look at Jamie's penis and he just and it's like a shot from just like their knees down and it's just like yeah. such a funny <laughs> moment. He gets embarrassed and pulls them back up. But that that moment to me is so funny. Or even the line right before it's like, "What's the etiquette on boners? Like, do, <laughs> do I roll over and do I dig a hole in the sand for it? What do I do?" <laughs> I love that scene, Chelsea. What's your favorite moment in the movie? Um, besides like Scotty doesn't know, I like the kind of little monologue that Cooper does on the plane. Um, when they're going over, he was like, you know, America was founded by prudes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's probably, that makes me laugh every time. Um, and then Lucy Lawless says it to him in the club. She's like, oh, it must be so terrible. <laughs> America with all the prudes. And I was just like, <laughs> and it's like, it's just a nice little callback. And it, and it feels like one of those like curb moments. Um, yeah. You know, imagine it, it is and i also love something else about cooper the the person that he is that in that in that high school graduation scene when he's like peeking around the bushes and he sees people in the hot tub he literally just gets in the hot tub like it's nothing with full-on clothes and that's where the line chelsea is well that's not where i parked my car and it's just a genius like he just gets in fully clothed like it's nothing and just just to be in the hot tub and like that's a test to his character wonderful character preston enlighten us with your favorite scene I like the hash brownie sequence just because <laughs> of the, the Rasta waiter saying, we're a simple Dutch bakery like that. And then the the illusions that they're having when they think that they're high. I mean, if they ate that that many brownies that had weed, I think they'd probably be dead. But um, the fact that they're having all those hallucinations and then as soon as the Rasta waiter says that, 
uh, all the illusions go away. And then he's like, put on your shirt, white boy. <laughs> we are ordinary hash bakery. And they look over to the chef and he's like, mm-mm. <laughs> I like the I like when Scotty thinks he's high and he's like the girls never came. The girls never came. <laughs> yeah. That's it. There's so many great moments in this movie. All right. Um so is there any like a is there like any sort of social or political commentary or, or anything that hasn't aged well that you're trying to say like is it I'll I'll answer. Um I don't think this movie was trying to say much. <laughs> this, movie was, this movie wasn't trying to make any profound points it was just trying to get people to laugh and sometimes you find a comedy that has a little bit deeper meaning i don't think there's anything in here besides good friends make crazy trips like this like more memorable and get you out of jams and stuff like that but this with this movie definitely wasn't trying to be like you know, the European blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and the way we look at the other countries, it was very, it's a goofy comedy and it nailed it on every level. Yeah, I think so too. I And, you know, looking back on it, I know we were texting last night about it and some people were bringing up like, is this a movie where like, this is why Europeans hate Americans? Is that, is that what it is? Do you well, think it was that's- originally called Ugly Americans, but the studio yeah. didn't want... um like ugly america they didn't want to they didn't want that well like who would go see a movie called ugly americans euro trip seems better or more marketable. no absolutely do you think it was ugly americans like do you think like it gave americans a bad name probably a little bit yeah. i mean it's all harmless fun but it's the way that it depicts all these different countries and everything like i mean you can't look at that and be like to, but but again like what dan was saying like you're not supposed to take any of this to heart like are we supposed to think that everybody in london if you're wearing a sports t-shirt that is not of that like it turns into boston like everybody wants to kill you um and beat you up or are creepy italian men always on trains and things like that and then is that what uh like it's just like every moment like it runs i just it it doesn't make, I'm sure, I would love to know what Europeans, uh, what Europeans think of this movie as they're watching it. They probably were like stupid Americans the whole time, but uh, it's like what Dan said, it's all, it's all in good fun. There, there, and like what I said at the top, like there's, you can't take this, a movie like this seriously because nothing is believable from what I said about like him, like deciding to go uh, on the trip on a whim anyway but then there's like what does that say about him that he like there's there's a little bit of homophobia stuff going on there with him um and and like why he decides to uh he it's it's when he finds out that Micah's a girl that's when he goes on the trip like what were their conversations really like on this email when they said that they talked about everything um, did they really have like heart to heart conversations or is it mostly sports? Um, I don't know. There, there's a lot of lingering questions I have if I really try to analyze the film, but <laughs> it's not, I'm not supposed to, that's not what goal it had in, in mind. I really. Preston's think. going boyhood with this movie right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but they, they, have to they play off those questions. stereotypes. They play into them purposefully. Like, 
how this is going to be with going going to Amsterdam and crazy European sex and stuff like that. But I don't think it's I don't think it's bad. Where is the John Wick uh, wickness in the movie? This was essentially a scouting trip because I'm pretty sure John Wick has killed somebody in every single location this movie was <laughs> took place in. So that that's this is an easy one. There are a lot oh. of historical landmarks, museums, stuff like that. <laughs> it was a scouting trip for John Wick. Good, good answer. Good answer. I, I like that. Um, do you want a sequel to this movie? Like, do you think like it would be fun to see these four? Or five with Mika, I guess, unless Mika is out of the picture now. Present day, them going on another Euro trip. I don't know what they would do. It would be funny if Mika was out of the picture and he was talking to someone online and like is getting catfished kind of thing. And then, you know, 20 years later. It's like her daughter early. Yeah. His, ah, his damn. I was gonna say you're going you're going like weird old boys. I don't like it. <laughs> but like, can you make old boy funny? <laughs> I laughed at that movie. The real one. There's certain parts of that are funny. Yeah. Uh well, I mean, would would you do you do you want so you don't want a sequel to this? No. It wouldn't work. Uh the, the technology would kill it so quickly. Like I don't I don't online date, but based on, you know, shows and internet articles and whatnot, like if you're talking to someone online at this point, they're gonna have a picture of your butthole within like two weeks if y'all are like having a conversation. <laughs> it's gonna be pretty hard. It's, you're gonna be FaceTiming this person like night one if you match on something. So it's just it wouldn't work that way. It wouldn't work because they <laughs> but, have phones. And and Europe, Europe, so Europe, uh, there was still kind of an innocence in 2003, 2004 when they made this. And now it would all, there would be so much politics stuff. And like, I'm not sure how they would make it as funny with, with all the traveling from place to place. I think so, they would just have to go for it and just be yeah. offensive to like, I haven't seen that no hard feelings uh, movie yet, but I hear that they just, yeah, we're we're not going to walk on eggshells. We're just going to go for it, which I think is the a good way for comedy. It brings you over the threshold and makes you happy that you're there. At least that's the goal. I don't know. I yeah. like Euro Trip. I I still find this is one of the funnier movies that is very underrated. A lot of people don't talk about it, but I think it's great characters. It's a great time. Like I feel at home with these characters. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's it's a good comfort food. I I definitely think it's more it's a dumb fun that I do not get tired of. Much like Anchorman. Anchorman's dumb fun. It's a different kind of comedy, but just this one hits the same notes for me of like this is just a bunch of really kind of cobbled together skits to give it a story that I'm going to laugh at every situation. And that I really appreciate that as opposed to now I feel like a lot of comedies are like, we have to have an A plot, a B plot, a C plot, and an overarching theme where everyone gets happy and together in the end, and there's a big lesson. It's like, nah, this one's just going to make fun of Vinnie Jones for a couple minutes and call all Italians perverts. Like, it just, it didn't care. It just doesn't care. Fucking eye ties. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, last remarks, Preston? No, I agree with Dan. I think uh, watching it just brought me back to watching it for the first time in 2014 or 2004. And just the sense of like when you walked out of the theater, like you had a good laugh and then you, you uh, quote it with your pals and things like that. Like this is one of those movies that does that. It's a very dumb movie. It's very surface level <laughs> uh, comedy yeah. at times, um, but it's, it's nonetheless enjoyable. And I think I just enjoyed it more just because I watched it with my wife and her reactions to everything uh, were, were the, were the best. And so um, yeah, I recommend if you haven't watched it yet, even though we've kind of walked through everything, um, it, it's, it's a good one to, uh, watch with your friends and then just have, just have a good laugh and, and especially watch it with somebody who gets easily offended because that's great reactions. Agreed. Chelsea, Chelsea, what do you think? I'm going to agree with everybody else. Um, but I'm also going to say that I think this, a lot of this movie, why a lot of it stood kind of the test of time is, is purely Scotty doesn't know. Yeah. Um, I think Scotty doesn't know has really like just made this really timeless and a lot of people yeah. just love that. Lived yeah. forever. Lustra. Lustra is the band. They're originally from Boston. Um, and that's like, it's their song is Scotty doesn't know. And it's, it's amazing. My heart, will, my heart will go on. Scotty doesn't know two songs that just keep the movie going for us. <laughs> Define generations. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I forgot my other favorite part might be my favorite part. The exchange sequence when they, they have like a dollar fifty and then they go in the oh, hotel man. and they're like millionaires. Oh yeah. He tips the a dude a nickel. Tips a dude yeah. a nickel and he slaps yeah. the boss. Yeah. He's like, I opened my own hotel. <laughs> <laughs> oh the sneaky fucking Russian in that movie is so great. I love it. Um Good stuff. Good soundtrack. It's out on Blu-ray. You can watch it, I think, for free on Tubi or it's available anywhere to rent or buy on any streaming platform. But highly recommend that. I highly recommend this movie. Did Roger Ebert have a review for this movie? No. He had a review for Road Trip, though. Ah. Um, he gave it two stars and it was pretty enjoyable reading the first few paragraphs of that. Well, dang it, Euro Trip, all, all good. We we love Euro Trip here. I think so. Forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes or so. I give this like an 90 percent. Jesus, dude. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's, so that's good. really high. Yeah, oh, hey. low sixties. I was gonna say it's in the sixties. Eighty-five, ninety. If I go that high, then I have to recalibrate because. I think, you know, there's Anchorman the same. There's other comedies that came out the same year that I would rank above it if I had to, like a gun to my head. That I <laughs> you would rank this above Anchorman? I wouldn't. Okay. I, I Maybe. I feel That's like I would get tired of Anchorman, but I would not get tired of Eurotrip. I think is, the it, is it because it's been talked like Anchorman's does have that popularity is talked about is quoted and Will Ferrell's been doing the same thing for a while now and then you have this movie that's pretty well protected because nobody talks about it. Is that the reason? 
I don't know. I just, I, there are moments in Anchorman that I laugh at, but I think I would rather watch Euro Trip. If you put Anchorman Euro Trip, and I'm always going to pick Euro Trip. But, okay. What about like Dodgeball, Mean Girls? Dodgeball is way ahead of its time. That movie is unbelievable. That's what I mean. Like, so that's why I can't give it that high. I definitely say, like, what Preston said, I would say like mid 60s, maybe even pushing 70s. Like, see this movie. You you need to go see it. Like people should watch this, but I'm I wouldn't sit there and be like, I'm ranking the 2004 comedies number one Euro Trip. No. no 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 no. I don't even think I'm not even sure it's better than. I'd have to rewatch Road Trip. I haven't seen that in a long time, but I don't I I don't know those movies. They both seem pretty even to me. So okay. I went high. Oh no 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 you you go. Who. You. you, Brian? No, no, I, no, I wasn't gonna say anything. I was like, I, I ranked it high for me. I like it. I was gonna say while I was just looking up stuff on Eurotrip, I forgot about this on my phone. I got to like some like conservative common sense media dot org. It's a, um, it's a, it's a review on like what to, what the movie's about. Can I can I read it yeah, really yeah. quick? Yes. So parents need to know that this movie has every possible kind of material that parents might find inappropriate. It has full frontal male and female nudity, sexual references, and situations including incest, incestuous behavior, oral sex, prostitution, homosexuality, bondage, sadism, masochism, very strong language including use of four-letter words by children, Drinking and drug references, a comic violence that includes getting kicked in the crotch. A character reported repeatedly lies about being at work and continues to collect his paycheck. Mm. It is supposed <laughs> to be privilege. funny when someone gets fi- fired because of his failure to do his job. A German child with a Hitler style black smudge over his lip marches in a Nazi goose step. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the last sentence is the characters inadvertently signal that the Pope has died and one of them is mistaken for his replacement. <laughs> and I was just like, this sounds great. Yeah. yeah. It's that should about the poster. That should just be the poster. Just a list yeah. of those things. Yeah. That would be that would be great, the poster. Yeah. Put the bad review on the poster. Yeah, sign me up for, for all of it. So <laughs> I forget about like all the little moments of like the Pope leaning in, like what what is yeah, Mike going to say? Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. And, like those are funny bits. Like how do like I can't imagine yeah. being a writer and like having to go through a movie and write about like oh god, these are the things that you know certain groups of people wouldn't like. <laughs> Be aware. Yeah, like how do they not get end up in jail at the very end of it? Right. Well, so that's the thing. Like they're in the Vatican. Like it's a thing. But but you know why they don't end up in jail? Because Vinnie Jones comes and saves the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do. So that's good. Euro trip. Go do it. Uh, we are fear and loathing in cinema podcast. Um, Chelsea, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter as Miss underscore Tenenbaum and everything else as Chelsea Nico. Perfect. Preston. Find me on Instagram at Blu-ray Dad and on Twitter, Preston Barta. 
And you can find my writing on dittonrc.com for Denton Record Chronicle and freshfiction.tv. Hell yeah. And Dan? You can find me on the Instagram for Fear and Loathing, putting stuff out there, trying to get people to talk about the movies and putting funny little pictures out. Hell yeah. And I'm Brian Kluger. You can find me at highdefdigest.com. You can find this podcast everywhere, boomstickcomics.com. You can find Press and I at My Bloody Podcast and No BS with Brian and Susan and the other ones. And then Soundtracks Radio every Wednesday from noon till two. We will see you all next week with our next summer pick. I still know. I still know as well. Bye.